Hey, of all the things you got going on today, thank you for taking time to be with us. Welcome to The Quest. It's always great to be together, especially if you're checking us out. If you're checking us out, I just want to encourage you to scan the QR code. That QR code will pop up a link. That link will answer some of the questions that you might have about who we are as a church and what we value and what's important to us and how we can connect and all the maybe the next steps that you might want to take as you walk with Christ. Also, we want to remind everyone that all of our talks are available in podcast form. All you have to do is search Fresno Quest Church on any of the podcast platforms and you'll find us there. Before we get into the talk, how about if we take a moment and just surrender ourselves to God, ask God to speak into our lives today. Father, we ask that you would saturate us with your love, that you would fill us with faith. Father, that you would speak to the deep issues of our lives. You know what they are. Father, I just pray for each person that is listening. Father, for their hearts and their, their minds, for their days, the activity that's going on in their life, the anxieties maybe that they're carrying around. I, I just ask that you would step in and speak peace, that you would give faith where faith is needed, that you give strength and courage where it's needed. Father, we need you in our lives today. And we just pause in this moment and surrender ourselves to you and give ourselves completely to you, as well as our day and our activities and, and all the things that we've got going on. Father, we ask that you would speak into our lives and that you would fill us with faith and with hope and with your presence, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we're in a great series. In fact, we're winding up this series that we've been in entitled Stand. And the reason we need to stand is because it is so difficult in the times that we live in to stand in a godless culture with godly beliefs, with godly convictions. How do we stand in this tension? And when we're forced to stand in this tension, we are forced to make a choice. Do we compromise with the world or do we have courage and stand out from the world? Do we stand with God? The scripture encourages us to stand in hard times and in a godless culture, in godless times. And the courage that we need to stand with God in the current culture that we live in requires a great connection with God, a faith in God, and a love for God and love for others. So the scripture we've been looking at through this series is found in 1 Corinthians. It says this, it says, be on your guard and stand firm in the faith. Be courageous and be strong. Do everything in love. This week, what we're looking at is how do we stand in faith? How do we stand in faith expecting and anticipating God to come through? How do we stand in faith believing for God to come through while we're waiting on God to come through? So if we're going to take a stand in the godless culture, one of the things we need to understand, it's on your notes, you can write it down. We're in a spiritual battle. We need to know this. We're in a spiritual battle that tries to prevent us from standing. Whether you're a Christian or not, you are in a spiritual battle and it affects your eternity. It affects your stand in the culture that we live in. Satan, the God of this godless culture, is doing all that he can to prevent you from standing with God. Scripture in 2 Corinthians says, The God of this age, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. You are in a spiritual fight whether you realize it or not, whether you believe it or not. The enemy is trying to stop you accuse you, lie to you, discourage you, distract you. He tries to steal God's word from your heart, which affects your faith. We know that the enemy seeks to destroy us. The problem is because we don't see it, many don't believe it or many just forget about it. Scripture tells us this, it says, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm. You want to stand firm? It requires God's armor. 
you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm that scripture goes on in verses 16 through 18, and it tells us what the armor of God is. The belt of truth, it is God's word that governs our lives. It's the standard of our lives. The breastplate of righteousness, that Jesus is our right standing before God and with God. The shoes of peace, we have peace with God. And because we have peace with God, we have the peace of God. We have the shield of faith based on who God is and what he's promised for us and what his word tells us. We have the helmet of salvation that our past, present, and future are forgiven. We have the sword of the spirit that allows us to attack the deceit of the enemy with the truth of God's word. And we also have prayer, which is our communication with God. In verse 18, it says this, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. Which is exactly what Daniel did that enabled him to stand firm in a godless culture. It allowed him to stand in faith in a godless culture. So as we close out this series, I want to look at a story about Daniel that gave him strength and faith in a time of difficulty and discouragement in his life. I believe this is really going to speak to a lot of you because a lot of you have been asking God for something for a very long time. You've been believing for a very long time. You've been standing for a long time. And it seems like nothing's happening. That can be discouraging. As we set up the context of this, remember last week we looked at Daniel in the lion's den and at that time Daniel was 80 years old. Now in this story he's even older than that. Daniel is an old man here and for decades and decades, literally 60 years plus, Daniel has been praying and believing and asking God for a miracle. Because in week one, you remember that Nebuchadnezzar stepped in and he overthrew their government and he destroyed the temple and he took these young men captive and he indoctrinated them and he put the people of God, Israel, into bondage and slavery. And Daniel, for decades, has been asking God and believing God that he would come and that he would free God's people, that he would restore the temple. And he's beginning to see some positive signs that maybe some changes are coming. But then all of a sudden, Daniel has a vision from God that is so disturbing to him. In this vision, he sees more war and more difficult times. And Daniel has to be thinking, are you kidding me? I have been praying and praying for 60 plus years for God to bring peace, to restore his temple, to bring our people back to our homeland. And this is what I get? I'm sure he was thinking, I can't even take this anymore. For Daniel, this seems to be a big setback. And that's where we really identify with Daniel because we all understand what setbacks are in our lives and we all understand how they make us feel. They are times of discouragement. In fact, why don't you write this down as one of your points. How we respond to setbacks can determine whether we will experience a breakthrough. For many people, setbacks are when you give up. There are times when you shut down. There are times when you walk away. Setbacks are where many allow discouragement to set in. Our response determines whether we give up or whether we grow up. When we experience a setback in our life, it's time to search God out. And so Daniel did what Daniel always does. He sought God out and he prayed. 
In fact, Daniel prayed and fasted for 21 days. And if you remember, prayer connects us to God. It's an intentional act of seeking God out and having a connection with God, an intimate connection with God. Fasting, on the other hand, disconnects us from the world and our desires. It realigns what's important in our lives. It realigns what's necessary in our lives. What Daniel understood, and you can write this down, it's an important point. Setbacks that attack your faith need to be met with disciplines that build your faith. That's what Daniel's doing. That's why Daniel is so strong in the faith. Prayer and fasting are disciplines that built his faith and strengthened his connection with God during a time of discouragement. If you're new to the quest, that's what we do at the beginning of every year. We do a 21-day fast where we put aside time, we set aside time to increase our connection with God and decrease our attachment to this world and our desires. So at the end of Daniel's 21-day fast, he has another vision, and it's found in chapter 10. That's the story we're going to be looking at today. And Daniel's vision is about an angelic being that comes and visits him. Now, we're not sure if this angelic being is, in fact, an, an angel or if it is the manifestation of Christ. Many Bible scholars believe that this angelic being is a manifestation of Christ in the Old Testament. Jesus existed in bodily form in the New Testament. Obviously, he came as a child. But in the Old Testament, he also existed from the very foundations of the world. So in the Old Testament, there are a few times where this manifestation of Christ appears. One of those examples is, remember a couple of weeks ago, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into a fiery furnace. And King Nebuchadnezzar says this. He says, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. It's a manifestation of Christ in the Old Testament. So this vision that we're talking about today also seems to be, and also appears to be, a manifestation of Christ to Daniel. But again, we don't know for sure. So, so here's the vision, and, and here's what is said. Daniel says, I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. This is one of the reasons that the scholars believe that this is a manifestation of Christ, because this description sounds a lot like John's vision of Jesus in Revelation 19. It goes on to say, His arms and feet shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like vast multitudes of people. When he spoke, it sounded like thousands of people were speaking. That's how powerful his voice was. It goes on and says, only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men that were with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me, my face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. It's interesting to me that Daniel is the only one that sees this vision. The other guys that were with him didn't see it. In fact, they were afraid and they ran and hid from it. And I think what it shows us is this, you can write it down. Our disciplines before God can increase our encounters with God. Spiritual disciplines like prayer and fasting make us much more aware, much more sensitive and open to encounters with God. That's what we see here. And I don't believe that these other guys were fasting and praying. At least the scripture doesn't mention that they were. So if they were not fasting, I don't think their hearts were prepared for this encounter with God. And that's why they feared and ran away. So how do you stand firm in faith when you're praying and you don't see anything happening? We're going to look at three things to remember when you're standing in faith during these discouraging times. By the way, those of you that like to put God in a, in a little box or in a comfortable box, 
For those of you that like a safe religious experience rather than encounter with God, this is going to challenge you and stretch you, and that's a great thing. Because God's not a safe religious God that we put in a box and everything is comfortable with us. So buckle up your seatbelts because this is going to get really good. We're going to start reading verse 10. And it says this, Just then a hand touched me and lifted me. And just remember the hand of God never extends to condemn. It always extends to lift us. And it says, And it lifted me, and still trembling, to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. The first thing, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It's so important. God cares about you more than you do. God cares about you more than you do. We've got to understand that. During discouraging times, we have to be confident that God cares about us. Some of you, this is what you need to hear today. This is what you must hear today. You are precious to God. You are valuable to God. That was his message. It said, you are very precious to God. We all need to be reminded how precious we are to God, especially during discouraging times. God loves you. He cares about you. There's nothing that you have ever done. There's nothing that you could ever do that would cause God to love you less. He loves you because he created you and he loves you because that is who he is. That word precious means valuable. I love a lot of people, but not everybody's precious to me. My wife is precious to me. My boys are precious to me. And God looks at you with the same love that a loving father has towards his children. You are precious to God. Understand that. And he cares about you more than you care about yourself. Daniel goes on to say in verse 11, he says this, You are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up still trembling. I think he might have even wet himself a little. Of course, he doesn't say that, but man, listen, he is terrified. Here's something that we need to understand about God's love that this scripture points out, and it's this. God's love to you provides strength for you. God's love for you gives you strength that you need to stand during discouraging times. When we surrender ourselves to God, when we make God the center of our lives, we enter into a father-child relationship. Your heavenly Father wants the best for you because you are precious to God. God cares about you more than you care about yourself, and His love for you provides strength to you that you need during discouraging times. The second thing we need to understand is this, that God is doing way more than you can understand. He's doing way, way more in your life than you can see and comprehend. Our walk with God is a walk of faith, not by sight. So we can't always see or understand what God is doing. Verse 12 says this, Then he said, Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray, since the moment that you started praying, for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. And I have come in answer to your prayer. Now verse 13 continues, and this is where it gets really crazy. Christ, or the angelic being, goes on to say this, But for 21 days the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to kick some butt on my behalf. I just added that in myself. But he came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. 
man, we've got to talk about what's going on because this is really, really cool. Let me first of all say this. Some of you have been praying for something for a very long time. You begin to wonder, is it even worth it? Why am I even continuing to do this? Why even bother with this? God doesn't seem to care about this. Maybe this is not God's will, so maybe I should stop asking. I want you to understand something really important. The first time you prayed, God heard your prayer. The first time you prayed for healing, the first time you prayed for that person that you love, the first time you started praying for your kid, God heard your prayer. When you begged God for a miracle, God heard you. And God loves persistent prayers. He loves his kids to faithfully and persistently pray to him. What verse 13 said was this, For 21 days the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Just wait a minute. Stop and think about that. How many days did Daniel fast? 21 days. How long has this angelic being or Christ been fighting this battle? 21 days. That is interesting. There is way more going on than we understand. God is doing way more in your life than you understand. Now, who is the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia? We're not completely sure, but we also know this. What most scholars believe is this is one of the demonic forces, one of the fallen angels that was kicked out of heaven. And many believe that these demonic forces are those that are doing battle in this culture that we live in right now, which I firmly believe that as well. Remember, as I said earlier from the very beginning, we are in a spiritual battle. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people but against powers and principalities of this dark world, this dark culture that we live in. In other words, what you see with your eyes is not all that there is. Don't ever believe that this physical realm that you can see with your eyes is all that exists because it's not. So for 21 days, this angelic being Christ was doing battle in the heavenlies on behalf of Daniel's prayer. And what's so cool to me is Daniel is the one who's been praying and praying and praying. And what did he see? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing changed for him. But just because he didn't see anything changing, just because he didn't see anything happening, didn't mean that God was not doing something. I want to encourage you. You've been praying to God for a long, long time. You've been crying out to God for a long time about something that you need in your life, something that's important to your life. And you haven't seen anything happening. And I just want to encourage you, just because you haven't seen anything happening doesn't mean that God is not doing something. Here's the last one I want to look at. Number three, God's strength begins when our strength ends. That's a New Testament principle. Paul said that in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. When you get to the end of your strength, guess what? God takes over. When Daniel had nothing left, God stepped in. Verse 17 is Daniel's response to this angelic being or Christ when he says this, How can someone like me, your servant, talk to you? My Lord, my strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. When you're at the end of the rope, get ready because you are about to experience new strength. When you're at the end of your strength, you are about to experience God's strength. Many of you have been hanging on for a long, long time and you have no strength to give. You're, you're at the very end. So listen as this message continues. Then the one who looked like a man touched me again and I felt my strength returning. Don't miss that. When he touched Daniel, his strength returned. Which brings up a really important point that you need to write down. Your strength requires an encounter with God. 
Your strength requires God's touch. One touch and your faith is restored. One touch and you're not giving up. One touch and you have faith again for the long haul. Faith for that thing that you've stopped believing God for maybe for years. One touch and it's enough for you to keep going. And then this angelic being or Christ says to him this, don't be afraid, he said. In other words, if you, if you didn't hear it before, I'm going to tell you again, for you are very precious to God. Peace, be encouraged, be strong. I want you to imagine that God is saying that to you right now in the circumstances that you're in. I want you to hear God speaking that into your discouraged self right now. You can keep standing in faith because from the very first time you prayed, God heard you. God heard your prayer and he's been fighting on your behalf. Let me just be real honest to you. God may do exactly what you're asking for, but he also may not. But just because we don't see anything right now doesn't mean that God is not doing something. And whatever God is doing is far better than what you're asking. People are probably looking at you and saying, how do you continue to stand? How do you continue to hang in there? How do you have faith when nothing seems to be going on? People that have not been touched by God will look to you and say, how are you doing it? How are you hanging in? How do you still have strength? How do you have faith for the long haul when you haven't seen anything happening? How come you haven't given up? You're going to be able to say this. You don't understand. I understand this, that God cares about me more than I care about myself, that he's doing way more than I understand. And when my strength ended, he stepped in and touched me and gave me strength. If you have the ability, I want you to close your eyes. I want to encourage you today and I want just to remind you, you might have been praying for something for a long time, believing for something for a long time, and nothing seems to be happening. I just want you to be reminded like Daniel need to be reminded that God cares about you. You are very precious to God. That God is doing way more than you can see or understand. And he wants to touch you so that you can have new strength, his strength. We have access to a loving father who cares about our lives. Unless you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't, you can change that today. You can just ask Christ to fill your life. You want to make your life about God. You want to surrender yourself to God. And you want to have a new purpose. To be forgiven. You ask Jesus to come in. And you ask Christ to fill you with life and fill you with love. And he will do it. And you're thinking, no, I'm not good enough. No, none of us are good enough. It has nothing to do with how good we are or how bad we are. Jesus took care of all of that on the cross. So if you want that relationship with a loving Father who is working in your life and giving you the strength that you need during discouraging times, man, I want you to ask Christ to fill your life, to forgive your sins, to give you a brand new beginning. And if you already have a relationship with God, I want you to be encouraged and I want you to be reminded of just how much God loves you, how precious you are to him, that he is obviously doing way more than you can see or understand. And he wants to touch you, to give you new strength, new faith for the culture and the times that you live in. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so very much. And I just lift up each person that's listening right now. 
You know their hearts, you know their lives. Those that want to begin a relationship with you, I ask that you would step in and that you would wipe the slate clean, that you would forgive their sins, that you would breathe new life into them, that you would touch them and that you would restore in them a new purpose and a new life, a new meaning and a new ability to live a life differently than they've ever lived before, that you would be the source of their life and the center of their life. And Father, for all of us, we ask that you would touch us again, that our strength would be renewed again. Father, thank you for caring about us. Father, help us to be reminded of just how precious we are to you. Help us to be reminded that you are working on our behalf, though we do not see it. But Father, help us to continually come back to you for that touch from you, that our faith can be restored, that we can stand strong in discouraging times and in difficult times. We can stand believing in faith because we stand with you. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's such an encouraging message. It's such an encouraging story. And if you want, you can go back and you can read it. Just a great story of God's love and attentiveness to our needs and our lives. We tend to forget it way too often. Listen, I also want to remind all of you that if you're not in the connection group, that you would get into a connection group. God built us and created us for community, for to do life with one another, to practice the one another's, to pray for one another and encourage one another. And that happens in the community of believers. We call that connection groups. If you're not in one, scan the QR code. That QR code will connect you to a link and that link will connect you to leadership that will direct you to a connection group that would be just right for you. I also want to thank all of you for your financial gifts. Thank you for financially giving to the quest. Thank you for caring about the needs that we have as a church. Thank you for your faithfulness to God in that. We so appreciate it. We don't take it for granted. If you have any prayer needs in your life, if you have anything that's going on, you need to connect with us. Scan the QR code. We would love to pray with you, encourage you, connect with you in any way that we can. We really do love and care about you. At the same time, we want to give you your space and we want you to respond when you're ready to respond. That QR code is the means by how we can connect best. Listen, be encouraged this week. God cares about you more than you understand. God's doing way more than you can see. And when your strength runs out, one touch from him and his strength step in, steps in. Have a great rest of your week. God's best to you. Bye-bye.